High Noon. This is News Talk. Big wave surfers in West Clare are crowdfunding €300,000 in an effort to buy 60 acres of land to grow organic vegetables. The belief is, is that communities should be able to sustain themselves to grow and eat and share and produce together. And we're here going to ask, is this concept workable? Is it sustainable? Is it is it viable? And I'm joined now by Fergal Smith, who is a professional big wave surfer and a horticulturalist in Lahinch to tell us more about what they're trying to do, what they're trying to achieve and how far they've come already. How are you, Fergal? I'm good. How Th- are you? Thanks for coming in to us. Tell me a little bit. So so you have already, there's a Moyhill community farm in Lahinch. Yeah, so it all began with a community garden about four years ago where we got half an acre of land and planted a little orchard. We have this community meal every Friday. We still do it for the last four years. Every Friday, six o'clock, we have a little meal. People gather April to Halloween and then that grew into a borrowed acre. <coughs> and then we, three of us, myself, Mitch and Matt, bought 17 acres and that's where we're at at the moment. So you now currently have this this 17 acres. now. It says it says here that it's rough Atlantic-based mountainside overlooking La Hinge. I'm no farmer, but can you grow much on rough Atlantic-facing uh, mountainside? I mean, I, I, there's a reason usually there's only grass and sheep on those places. Yeah, no, it's certainly not ideal. Uh, I suppose that's why we need more land because uh, this is the only land going for sale at the time. As people know, land doesn't go for sale very often in this country and we had nowhere to grow, so we jumped on it. But actually in the 17 acres, there used to be uh, a market garden a long time ago. So basically that's what we're bringing back. There's a two-acre part of the site that's fairly sheltered good land and that's what we're growing on but that's all we'll end up growing on so we're only using two acres of it really and the rest of it's for trees mainly So you'll, you'll, you'll reforest it in, in fact? Yeah we're basically just build, uh, building shelter belts all around our garden ah, okay. to protect it but then in the, la- in, the la- in the last six months this new farm went for sale beside us and we've always had this dream of the bigger farm and it's right beside us and we have no money, but we said, you know, we're thinking about it. And then we heard it was going into forestry, into Sika Spruce. So we really felt quite strongly against allowing that to happen in our area. And yeah, we just went for it. And we've had friends and family get behind us and loan us the money. But it's obviously 300000 that we have to pay it's, back. It's, it's a fair it's a fair few, Bob. Now, this, this land that's beside you is 60 acres. Is, yeah. is it is it better land than the land you currently own? Because the land yeah. you currently own isn't all yeah. suitable. So it'd be roughly in like 20 acres like lots of good, medium and bad. So there's 20 good acres, 20 medium acres and 20 average acres. So there'll be more forestry on the not so good land, there'll be animals and then there'll be more vegetables on the good land and orchards and things like that. So a very mixed farm is what you're thinking about doing. Okay. I'm with you so far. So, So the 60 acres and forests, animals vegetables all that kind of stuff and and I like it it's a, it's a nice idea and it's healthy and it's sustainable and all that kind of stuff have apart from the two acres of market gardening and that that, you, that you've done have you any experience in running a farm? Yeah so I grew up doing this this is what my parents still do they're organic growers for 30 years organic certified and I grew up doing it and I always loved doing it it was yeah something I always enjoyed doing but where we lived it's in uh, Westport and it's a few miles inland and I grew up surfing as well. And I always thought it was either one or the other. You either had the garden or I could go surfing. It was really hard to do the both because we we're about 40 minutes from the beach. So I ran away from the garden because I wanted to go surfing in my teens, in my early 20s. And then I got drawn back to this idea. 
and living in La Hinch, you actually can do both. I can be gardening and I can see the sea. And if the waves are really good, I can drop down the tools and go for a quick surf. So I was trying to get that balance is what I'm looking for. It does sound, it does sound idyllic, in fairness. Tell me this. So crowdfunding, that, that's where you, you put a shout out and say if you'd like to donate. And if you do donate, and I saw some of the things that you would give for, for small donations, you'll give back seeds. For bigger donations, people will be invited to, to the land and there'll yeah. be a festival. So the people do get something small yeah. as, as in return for the donations. If I suppose the question that people ask is people are suspicious yeah. of giving money to charity or giving money to other people's enterprises. If people give you the money, you're, you and your, your, th- your two mates, you, you'll own this farm. If the farm starts to make a profit, will that just be your quids in or will, will there be some kind of a system going back to the community or how is that going to work? Yeah, that's the big thing that we're constantly trying to get across. It won't be our farm. Like this won't be in our name. It'll be in a company's name, a CLG. So it's company limited by guarantee which only will do what it says it's going to do. It won't be us, the direct beneficiaries, will be running the farm. But when we're gone, someone else will be running the farm. It'll never, you can't go inherit it to any of our family or if for some reason it all went upside down and we had to sell the land, it wouldn't go back to us. It would go, we're going to write in in our AGM that everyone can see that it'll be for, you know, to a similar project if it ever got sold for some reasons. Another another community thing. Yeah. One of the things I thought was quite interesting was something that you said for you said the current way we produce and buy is not sustainable and in 60 years we won't have enough food. Am I misquoting you? Or? Um, well, it's not quoting me, it's quoting the UN. The UN told us two years ago we had 60 harvests left in the way we farm. Currently? Currently. Our industrial model of producing food is losing so much topsoil, degrading soil, it's just not working. So we have 60 harvests left in this model. So we have. Is that 60 harvest as in 60 years? 60 years, yeah. For 58 now. That was two years ago they said this. So so in 58 years' time, are you suggesting there won't be enough food on the planet? In the model that we're producing now, at the rate that we're losing topsoil, it cannot sustain itself. And the UN has also said the solution to this is small scale farming. Which seems very strange when it does seem strange, and, 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 and I mean I'm very because I'm no I'm, I'm no expert in farming at all, but it seems counterintuitive, and I'm not suggesting this, but but it seems when you hear about food production running out for for the billions who live on the planet, well then the obvious thing it seems to be to upgrade food production, and then you're thinking battery farms, massive you yeah. know farms, chickens stacked as high as things in factories, and you know all the kind of stuff, or all this new kind of creepy stuff that people yeah. are bringing in where they can grow meat. In, yeah. in a petri dish and all that kind of sounds revolting but 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 the, the people start to think of those ways of producing yeah. food because they're they're industrialized and they can be rolled out to feed the millions and billions of us but the opposite is what you're saying is true yeah like it's it's totally not true there's enough food on the planet to feed more than 10 billion people it's not a problem it's it's mined in the soil that we have that's the only thing that's ever going to feed us and if we degrade it it doesn't matter how efficient it might be if we're degrading soil, it will not last. So we have to mind it. And the big thing that's changed is there's less people on the land. Yeah. If there's more people on the land, we'd be able to mind it better. Tell me this. One, one of the things that um, that holds people back from buying organic or free range or any of those types of things is the expense. Um, it, back in the day when Ireland was a poor country, and it was a very poor country up until relatively recently, only the rich people like ate, ate meat and stuff. Lots of families grew up with, with potatoes and cabbage and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. but they wouldn't have been, you know, posh people would have had a chicken on a Sunday. Yeah. If we move towards small scale production and all that, are we going to have to move away from things like eating meat as well? 
Well, I think everyone should be fairly aware that we should be eating less meat. Um, I don't think there's any reason why we have to stop eating meat. It just has to be done sustainably. Like we have to, yeah, it's for our health, it's for the environment, it's for so many different reasons. But like we can do this. There is solutions to make this work. We just can't keep going down the road we're going of a kind of mass-produced industrial model. And one thing I'll say about the price of food in organics is... With this CSA model, which is the one we're doing, which means community-supported agriculture, which is a very proven model in other countries that we just haven't adopted here in any scale yet, what we have is there's a price for the vegetables, but then there's uh, we have 10% of our shares, our social welfare shares. So if you can't afford it, you apply and you get a cheaper share. Or if you want to work for your share. So there is ways in. So, you're doing so it's not about just okay. money. Very last question for you, because I'm afraid we're running out of time. Yeah. But how far along the way have you come? You want to raise 300 grand and you probably have a limited time to do it before the land is sold. How far along are you? Uh, so we're about 40,000 at the moment okay. and we've got two weeks left Alright, okay, listen the very best of luck to you um, I, I, I've, I've no idea and maybe having you on today giving you a shout out may or, or, may or may not help but it's a very interesting idea and you. and uh, you know Fergal, I, I wish you well with that that is Fergal Smith horticulturalist in Lahinch and professional big wave surfer even you actually look like a big wave surfer but that's probably stereotyping big wave surfers I am afraid that is all we have time for today on High Noon my thanks to Michael Quilligan on sound and to Alex Russo, Kira Courtney and Siobhan McDonald producing and of course Mark Simpson editing. But for me, Kira, have a great day. See you tomorrow at high noon.